Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Becky. Thank you to Becky's dad. It's Father's Day on the bass right here. One of these days we'll have an all-grandfather worship band up here. Maybe a couple of decades away. We'll see how we can pull that one off. Well, I'm normally not so direct with Apple products in my life, but uh, uh, in our family, we've had an exciting couple of months electronically. My, there's, Grace's cell phone is in Hong Kong, and Joshua's, my iPad, is in Bali. So uh, uh, they've both been traveling in Asia. For those who know my son, Joshua got to go back for the first time in four years to where he lived for 10 years of his life. So it was, uh, that's what he did after he graduated, was to renew some relationships there. And uh, so it's, so I'm preaching with a computer today, is what's happening. Now we're going to be talking today in line with this whole season of prayer. This is our summer of prayer. And we are asking Jesus just like his disciples did in, in Luke chapter 11, Jesus teaches to pray. And for many of us, Jesus teaches to pray again. We've been involved in prayer. It's not the first time we've said, Lord, I want to be walking with you consistently in prayer. It's not the first time that we've said, hey, I drifted a little bit. I need to get back in gear. We are not out of shame, not out of guilt, not out of a driven compulsion, but out of desire, out of longing. We say, Jesus, draw us back in again. Teach us to pray again. And I'm going to be talking today primarily out of what I uh, have, over the course of my life, focused in on the biggest prayers I can wrap my hand around, my arms around. And it's related to holiness, So if I had a title for this, it would be A Vision for Holiness Through a Life of Prayer. Now, when I watch a good movie, uh, even even recently, I took my future son-in-law. This is an intense week for me. Dorothy, my entire family here is on the way to the airport. They're flying to Nashville. Dorothy's getting married uh, this weekend to Rohan Kedar. And uh, they met in college in Nashville, and my parents are in Nashville, and it, for 10 years we went home to Nashville, and so that's where the wedding is going to be. And they're all flying there, and uh, Joshua's driving to the airport, and then he and I are driving the car with the dress and the suits and everything in it to Nashville. So we get the 18 hours in the car bonding over the next couple of days. But um, so... Uh, I was with Rohan and and Dorothy. I drove Dorothy's car to Michigan. They're going to live in Kalamazoo, Michigan. So I'm I'm trying to be a good dad. I'm uh, doing lots of driving and moving and lifting things. And we were together in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And I I took him out to the latest Marvel movie, Wonder Woman. And uh, I... I like these fantasy films, all these, but I, I, I grew up when we read comic books. 
I went, and for a quarter, I could buy this thing in print and take it home, and I had stacks of them. So I, big Spider-Man fan, he was my number one guy. But all of these movies try to tap into some ideal, some fantasy of the best of the best, the dreamest, you know, the most wonderful thing you could possibly be. And so my hero in the Wonder Woman movie was not the girl, but the guy who sacrificed his life for the, for the most people he could. They blew that plane up, up in the sky. For those of you who have not watched the movie, uh, you know, <laughs> there's a plane, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he, he, at the very end of the movie, this plane was supposed to blow up and kill everyone in London. Instead, he took over... Oh, okay. You haven't seen it yet? How many girls have not seen the movie yet? Okay, anyway. All right, anyway, the guy does this awesome thing. And I'm inspired. I take these fantasies and I say, I want to be wholehearted for Jesus. Now, there are people outside of the theater jumping around with little things on their head, women and swords and shields and stuff. Like, their, their greatest fantasies were inspired of being the, the, the perfect woman, the perfect person they could be. But I walk away saying, Jesus, if people can get me excited about this stuff, I want to be more excited about you. If people want to dream of what it means to sacrifice for others or to live this noble life, I want to be inspired to sacrifice everything in order to be the most devoted follower of Jesus I can be. So I, I look for inspiration. I look for strength to, to take the next step, to be an obedient disciple. But even more than, than the greatest fantasy movie that's out there are these things. I love you, Daddy. I should read just a little bit out of this I got this morning. Went downstairs, and, and uh, I had bacon and pancakes prepared for me. And uh, so I, this is what inspires me. My children inspire me. Um, when I was... When I was uh, growing up, uh, I, I modeled on my grandfather, Papa Buck, and he had six children and 19 grandchildren. There were four boys my age. When we had family reunions, things got broken. There was destruction that happened. We did things that were great fun. And I've, I've got a picture. I, I called my mother this last week. Do you have this picture? And it's, it's our, this big extended family. There must be about 30 of us all gathered together. <clears throat> and I'm there in my yellow leisure suit and uh, uh, bright, bright yellow leisure suit and hair out to about here. Just proud as I could be to be in this family. 
and I, my, I think I, my whole life I've, I've been dreaming about grandchildren. <laughs> it's kind of a strange thing for some of you. But I just, I think it probably could be, Mr. Craig, is there anything more wonderful than being a grandfather? You're supposed to say yes right now. Steve, elbow your dad. Say yes. Say yes for him. All right. Is there any grandfathers in here that can scream out or grandmothers? It's awesome. Supposedly it's awesome. Amazing. I'm dreaming about it. No pressure on any of my children. They're not here. But the idea of, uh, of being a dad and being a grandfather is the thing that inspires me more than anything else in my life. Now, I realize that we all come from very different situations. And so not all of our dads are perfect. And I'm, I'm not saying what I'm saying in order to cast a shadow on any person or to, or to bring up any kind of a hurt. But Jesus wants us to have a, a greater and greater value for the purpose of our lives and, and for fatherhood, for moms. But today, I am talking about what inspires me more than anything else, and that's to be a dad. And so I'm going to read just a little bit of this, and as I read this, I, I want you to know that I know it speaks as much of her character as it speaks of my character. But this is what inspires me. Happy Daddy's Day. I didn't realize the enormity of your role in my life until I'd lived across the ocean from you. I so badly missed your hugs, your listening, your wisdom. And even that, even that slightly painful thing when you scratch your unshaved cheek on my face. <clears throat> my heart skips a beat when I realize every so often how I take for granted all that you do. You work diligently, steward our home faithfully, risk abundantly, pray persistently, and love mama deeply. I can't believe how lucky I am to be your baby girl. She says a number of other things here that I'm... I'm not going to read, but I, I treasure this. And this inspires me to want to follow Jesus with everything in my heart. Whenever I want to resist sin, I think about my children. Whenever I want to make the right choices in my life, I think about Dorothy and Rohan, John, Mark, and Michelle, Joshua, and Grace. And I, <clears throat> I do want to say that for those of you who may have a, a struggle writing words like this, that your any way you can find gratefulness in your heart will release God's grace in your life. And empower your fathers to be something that they really want to be, no matter where they've fallen short. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the biggest vision. This is the inspiration for this, my vision. And I, I want to talk about 
the outworking of that in one specific way that I focus in my devotional life. I want to ask you, what's the biggest prayer vision you have? Now, I'm not talking about one day or one week or one month or one year or 10 years. For your entire life, what are you building in prayer? What are you repeating again and again and aiming for and asking for consistently of the life that you're going to present when you stand before God on Judgment Day? So we do pray for small things. You know, any time I have a, any mechanical project, I, I have prayer involved. You know, when the hose breaks in my hands, when the wrench doesn't do what it's supposed to do, I, my prayer life, right there, it becomes very specific. And, and, I, and I pray that nice things come out of my mouth at those times. But uh, I want to pray more than just that. I want to pray big stuff. And I want to challenge you also, there are times when you're stuck in small stuff. You're stuck in patterns of sin because you're not asking for big stuff. And you need to, you need to ratchet it up and ask for more. So what is this? To me, the concept, the scriptural concept is holiness. The biggest picture that we have description of the person of God in Revelations 4, verse 8, is these beings that are covered with eyes that are surrounding the throne of God, and they're saying, holy, holy, holy. And uh, holiness is not just a moral purity. It's not, it's not the absence of bad things, okay, that we have this vanilla that's blank. But to be holy is to be all in all. It's everything and everything that is excellent and worthy of praise. One, an attempt that Paul had of, of pressing out the picture of God's character of love, he talks about how high it is in, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. It says, I pray for you, being rooted and established in love, but have the power to grasp with all the Lord's people, how wide, long, and high, and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. So it's wide and long and high and deep, every dimension possible. And the, as I look at, at God's Word, I, I see these really big, expansive words. To be holy is to be, it's, it's not just moral purity, it involves that, but it's to be complete, to be perfect, to be mature, to be pure, to be whole. And this is, this is all about the grace of God, His power to work in us. We're not trying, as I'm talking today, I'm not trying to to roll out a list of standards that we judge other people by or even judge ourselves. But I'm leaning in to God's hands and asking Him to shape me, to transform and to conform me. Romans 12, 2 talks about this in, in the process that's involved in our lives. So you're saved, but then there's also a lifelong transformation process. 
Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, okay, first slide up here. To be holy. I'm going to give you a quick overview of this. If you've got a paper or you want to blow on the person next to you, whatever you need to get airflow in here, to cool off, you can, you can stand up, move around. If you need to sleep today, I bless your rest. But let's engage. To be holy means to be complete. That means no lack. Philippians 1.6, reading a couple of verses related to this. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Jesus started something in you. How many of you feel like you're somewhere between the amen and the there it is? Prayer hadn't quite been answered yet. He's going to complete it. He's going to finish this work that he started in you. Jude, the 24th verse, there's only one chapter, says in this awesome uh, blessing to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. Another version says from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. He is able to keep you from falling back into whatever garbage that has been in your life. He's able to keep you from stumbling. In the place where you feel weak and you feel like you're going to go into something, you just say, I trust you, Jesus. You're going to keep me from falling. And he's going to complete the work to present you before his glorious presence without fault. It's perfect. No flaw. Matthew 5.48. So this is a pretty challenging verse. Be Perfect. Okay? Y'all go home now. Be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect, he's called you to a very, very high standard. 2 Corinthians 13, 11, aim for perfection. Oh, I can see that I skipped around a little bit here. I did my Jude passage in the last one. But the goal is, the picture is, this flawlessness. Next word is mature, fully developed. Paul is praying for the Colossians. He's always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. So this, this holiness is something that is growing, and it has a level of fullness at every stage of your life and is growing in your life. There's a maturity that he's calling you to that is a part of this holiness. Purity, to be pure, to be clean, unmixed, absolute. 2 Corinthians 7, verse 1, emphasizes this value. Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Everything that would slightly tinge you, Lord, bring purity in our lives and wholeness. All through and through, full, 
There are places where you're broken, places where you've attached your heart to things that are not God's best, and now your heart is broken or your heart is unwhole in some way. And you need to pray and say, Lord, give me my heart back. Forgive me to attaching to this thing or this memory or this person in a way that I was striving in order to be valuable or significant. Lord, I break that. I renounce that whole thing. And I say, give me my heart back, Lord, that I could give you my whole heart. For Thessalonians, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I, you know, I, for some reason, that's uh, not... I can see how praying about holiness can feel abstract to some of you, but I'm, I want this to, to challenge you in the deepest way possible. So we're going to pray. I've got some scripted prayers, and I want you to stand with me right now. And I'm going to lead us over prayer related to each one of these points. This is Lord teach us to pray, and I'm, this is what I pray. I'm inviting you into my prayer life. I'm asking Jesus to take everything that I am, stretch me out, and give me everything that he is. And Now, I only want you to pray this if it's an expression of your heart. This is not contrived. We're not just trying to force you to do something here. But I'm asking you to stand, to put you in a position to be able to say these things. And these are, these are intended to be visionary stretching prayers. You know, I, I pray I, things like, Jesus, change me as quickly and as deeply as I can physically stand it. Bring the fire into my life to burn away everything that would resist you. Take me, Jesus, all that I am, all that I have. So I, I want to be challenged, and I want you to be challenged. And prayer is not easy. You know, I just want to warn you, at the end of this, you may be tired. Because it takes emotional effort to ask God for these things. And there's some repetition in it. I, you know, with, with each one of these, to be complete, pure, whole, perfect, full, all of these words, there is some repetition in this, but there's also differences and different angles and and places to expand on this. So we're going to pray first for completeness. Again, it means to be holy means to be complete, that he would complete this work in us, like it says in Philippians 1, 2. And we do this out of the work that he's already accomplished. We are complete in him. So I'm going to pray this, and I'll, I'll set the cadence. I've got the loudest voice because I've got a microphone. But this is, this is a prayer that I've crafted. And I, you can kind of look at it and read over it just a second. Then I'm going to lead us out 
in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for all that you've begun in healing, maturing, straightening, forgiving, and purifying me. You are making me whole and holy. I'm confident that you will finish the work that you have begun in me, and I rest in your ability to change me. All of the completeness that I long for resides in you, and I am in you. In you is all power and authority to accomplish the work in me. In you is the ability to complete your greatest desire in me. Lord, do it. Complete this work. What you've begun, complete it, Lord, in me. I lean into you. I trust you, Lord Jesus. I trust you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to do this work in me. Let me say also, as I'm praying these prayers, I, I'm praying for myself, but I'm praying for the, the people around me. I'm praying for my family, praying for Susan, Lord Jesus. You do this work. I'm completing her. This week, her heart's being stretched as a mama, and she's giving her, her baby girl away. Make her whole, Lord. To be perfect. The next slide. It means to be holy means to be perfect. That's a hard word. That's a complicated word. And again, this is, this is not about your performance. This is not about you trying to gain acceptance. This is the grace of God working in you because you are unconditionally accepted, bringing you to a higher place. This is me wanting to be a better daddy. Even when I get wrong, mad at the wrong time. Lord, make me perfect. You, Father, have set the goal for my life. And that goal is to be perfect like you are perfect. Because this is your desire and you will give me the strength, then I wholeheartedly aim for perfection. I choose your perfection not in order to be accepted, but out of your deep, unconditional, loving acceptance for me. You are able to keep me from falling back into patterns of sin And I trust you to keep me standing even during difficult times. Come and strip away every flaw, every negative attitude, every judgment, and make me new. I say yes to your shaping hand. Just pray, Lord, make me perfect. I aim for perfection. I aim for your highest and best, Lord. Come, Spirit of God. Bring your shaping hand in my life. I so desperately need this. I am little, but you're big. I'm weak, but you're strong. Work in my life, Lord. I say yes to your shaping hand. I say yes to your shaping hand. I say yes to your perfecting work, Lord. Be holy 
means to be mature, fully developed. And Paul says he's always wrestling in prayer. This is an emotional thing. It's not just reciting some words. It's physically, I can see Paul in prayer. He's not, he's, Lord Jesus, mature the leaders in this church that are struggling. Give them wisdom at another level. Lord, bring mothers and fathers, sons and daughters to another level. Make them more mature. And out of this comes unity and faith and strength. That's just the result of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers is maturity. A fivefold ministry focuses on this. I've got father slash mother there. You can choose your (laughs) gender. Grow me, Holy Spirit, into a mature spiritual father that is able to care for an increasingly growing physical and spiritual family. Expand your life in me. Make me bigger. Increase my capacity to be able to serve others. Reproduce all of your character in my life and in all those around me. Pour your power into my life so that I can prepare people for works of service that will again lead to their maturity and greater unity in our church and in the body of Christ. I do not strive for position, but choose to humble myself as a child before you. I trust you to build me up in your timing and to grow in stature so that in order to be a mature spiritual oak, able to give shade to many. Lord Jesus... Strengthen me to stand firm in all of your will with maturity and with great confidence. I I ask for great oaks of righteousness in this congregation. Great people that would be foundational in communities all over greater Boston. Foundational in communities in Brighton, foundational communities in their field, in medicine, engineering, education. Just speak out that place in your life. God would give you, he'd make you big. It should be a great oak of righteousness where he's placed you and the places that, that you have gifting and consulting. Lord, we ask for great strength. Our professional athletics, Lord, and come build powerful maturity. To be holy means to be pure. It means that we hate filthy things. We hate impurity. We hate perversion. I love purity. I turn from every little tantalizing thing that would try to hook me with filthiness and say, I want purity. You don't walk free from sin by trying not to sin. You walk free from sin by loving purity, by wanting this, giving yourself to it thousands of times. I'm fighting for my kids as I'm preaching today. 
I'm fighting for my role as a father as I'm preaching today. This is what I want more than anything else. God did not call you to be impure, but to live a holy life. Let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Lord, make us pure and holy by teaching us your words of truth. Discipline us for our good that we may share in your holiness. So we pray together. Holy Father, I submit to your refining fire and cleansing. Dig deep into my soul and heal all the wounds that would cause me to bend away from you and others. Take away everything that I've added to your gospel so that my life and my words are not mixed with compromise of your standards. Purify my thoughts, purify my eyes, purify my ears, purify my hands. Make me ever more responsive to your conviction to sin. Your law and your rules always apply to me. No matter how old I become, I choose to be more childlike. I repent of arrogant sophistication and all of the ways I've made my life complicated. Renew today my innocence of thought and action. I dedicate myself to the most thorough purity. Challenging to anyone? Feel stretched in any way? More, Lord. More, Lord. Turn the heat up. Turn the heat up in your spirit in our lives. I don't want a little. I want a lot. I want to be holy, Lord. I want you to work in me what it takes to be someone who stands in gentleness, to stand in meekness, to stand in kindness to stand in self-control, to stand in love, in all of your character, Lord. To be holy means to be whole. That's what you're going to counseling for. <laughs> That's what, or you're having people pray for you. You want to be whole. That's why you're going through all these different processes. You're trying to put it, put your life back together. You want wholeness. It comes from being holy. We don't get Jesus by only looking for things that he gives. We get him by looking for him. And then he pours into our lives. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Amazing prayer that Paul does out of, in Ephesians. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work in us. To him be glory in the church. Uh, all and all, whole, everything. So here's the prayer. Lord Jesus you have made me holy and are making me whole. I repent of selfish ambition and everything that I have attached to or pursued to become valuable when you have already given those things to me. Bring my heart back and make me whole. 
in the ways that my heart has been broken through my sin and the sins of others, Jesus, help me. Bring all the broken pieces of my heart back together and make me whole so that I can give you my whole heart. Fill up all the empty places with yourself, Holy Spirit. Forgive me for trying to fill my emptiness with things and hollow activities. Forgive me for the ways I have wrongly given myself to others for their approval or attention to try to meet my own needs apart from you. I renounce those things and ask you to give me my heart back so that I can give you my whole heart. Fill me with your purpose, power, and vision. Make me whole again today through the mercy and blood of Jesus. You can be seated. I'm going to have the worship team come up here. If, if I was to invite you to my time alone with Jesus, this is the kind of stuff you'd hear. Some of my days in prayer go more like, than something eloquent written out. Help me, Jesus. Sometimes in Romans 8, it says their groanings too deep for words. I don't even know how to pray. Sometimes that can be talking about praying in tongues or it can just literally be groaning. You're desperate for God. But over the course of my life, this is what I'm hammering. This is what I just I come back to and I come back to and I come back to. All my desire to be whole, you make me whole. All my desire for completeness, Complete me, Lord Jesus. Take me to the next step. All this desire for purity. I don't, I don't want to be another statistic of perversion. I want purity. I don't want to be one more guy that runs it off the rails and damages my children. Lord, have my whole life. Bring your perfection into me. This is my dream. This is what I think is worth fighting for pressing into and, it, and I, it's what I want to challenge you to to reflect on so I want you to give your heart to Jesus again today if you're brand new here and you're thinking oh my There, there are much more humorous messages that have been preached in this church. But this is, this is worth asking for. If you've never said, Jesus, I give you my whole heart, I just want everyone to close their eyes right now. It just gives you a sense of privacy. If you're saying, you know, I really don't understand all this, but if Jesus is giving this, then I want it. I want to give myself to him, and I want him to give me all of these things. If that's true for you, you just put your hand up and put your hand back down. 
some of you that's that's not the first time you've done that. It's maybe the thousandth time you've done that. But for all of us, we're if if, if I didn't see you and that's something that you want to do at some point in time, there's many, many people in this room that would love to pray with you. Invite the prayer teams up right now. We have a few people, faith group leaders, some of uh, those who have served in prayer. I'll give you a couple of options today. A couple of years ago, I realized that we have a large percentage of introverts in this church. And your favorite way to respond might be open up your journal right now. So I I invite you to do that. Take a moment and write down how you, how what was happening today you want to move forward with. This is the very Lord. How do you want me to step forward in asking and asking for bigger and bigger things in my life? For others, anything that you'd like to pray about. We want to want to agree with you in prayer. If two or more, Jesus said, ask for anything in my name it shall be done for them by their Father who is in heaven. So that's what we're doing. We're just agreeing with you in prayer, taking that opportunity. I'm going to ask you to stand up again. You can sit back down and journal if you want to, but we're going to worship like you stand to worship and also come forward for prayer.